So just before we start episode five, we've had a, a, some really, really good feedback on, on episode four, the, the VAR episode. It was um, really fun to record and thanks to the guys for joining us on the podcast. We've had some really good numbers on it and um, I think it struck a chord, I think, from uh, looking at the download list uh, and, the, and the feedback on Twitter and the engagement we've had. So thanks for everyone for downloading that. That was episode four. If anyone hasn't heard it and wants to go back and get it, it was a, it was a VAR phone-in we did uh, with, some, with some contributors and it uh, we feel it worked well. You boys, I think it went well? Loved it, mate. The boys were really good, actually, weren't they? Provided a different uh, a viewpoint to us, which is nice, I think, every now and then. So maybe something we could do a little bit more of in the future with different subjects and whatnot, I think, maybe. Yeah, massive shout out to Sharpie, Gary, Jim and Joe. Uh, thank you for jumping on and uh, being eloquent in your views. I mean, we've had a, in general, we've had a really good response to starting this podcast. And it, it, it means a world. What does eloquent mean? Use some words that I'll understand. Well, well thought out opinions. Okay. Instant. Yeah, they were well thought out. Why don't you just say well, that and then I'd know what well you're delivered. They delivered. were, yeah, they, again, well delivered, not eloquent. Like, just you use know. words I get, mate. Yeah. I forgot we had a five year old. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fluent or persuasive in speaking or writing is the official. Uh, everything I'm not okay <laughs> uh, yeah it's uh, it's we've had some really good feedback in total it's been great and we're going to keep going we've had some some really good news this week we, we've got a studio sorted uh, which we'll tell you all about in future episodes but when all this covid stuff and we're allowed to meet in person we'll be we'll be getting together to record and uh, we're purchasing our equipment very soon so we'll be able to get in the studio and hopefully give you a, a better experience than what you're already getting as a listener with having a, been able to bounce off each other um also we've got a couple of sponsors coming on so the wonga train choo choo is on its way <laughs> into the station a la podcast um so it's coming so that's um so again we'll we'll give you news of that when we've got it so it's we'll a few stops away yet though isn't it the old uh, the old sponsor train like the British Rail, it's uh, very much delayed, but it is coming. Uh, it's all agreed, and we're, we're very grateful to those guys, and uh, that'll all come out in, in due course. Um, but uh, we'll be have, we'll having some fun recording some adverts, which will be fun and a different experience, boys. <laughs> yeah. Well, n- knowing that one of them's uh, Australian-based, I can't wait to hear Carl's. I know how good he is at impressions, so that should come across really well. You've spent a lot of time listening to them, listening to them of late, haven't you? I it's have, not quite—it's not quite my Geordie, is it? I mean, that's up there with one of the greatest. So, before we crack on and, and get stuck into episode five, um, just to just to let you know that socials are open. So, we are Goat Tangent underscore Pod on Instagram. I'm not very good at Instagram, so it's a bit—it's uh, shit, if I'm honest. But so don't go there. But Twitter, we're pretty lively on. That is at G-O-A-T, Angent. So Goat Tangent. Go find us on Twitter. We're pretty active on Twitter. Um, we'll be better on Instagram when Dan's got more time to get involved when he's not moving boxes around. So, uh, And there'll be more social stuff to come. But yeah, come and join the conversation. Or you can send us any feedback or, well, hopefully not abuse. Uh, and if you do, I'll just forward it on to Stubbs anyway because... We water off a duck's back with that lad. That is gone off on a tangent pod at gmail.com. Ping anything over, anything. And if anybody is listening to this and does want to fire us some sponsorship or wants to get involved or has enjoyed it and, and wants to get involved, uh, please ping it over. 
Hello and welcome to episode five of Gone Off on a Tangent. I'm Adam Stocks and I'm joined as always by one man who really needs to stop telling people in walkabout at 3am that he once presented the Crystal Maze. You're just bald, mate. You're not famous. That's Dan Taylor. God, you're a prick. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> and the other man who you can possibly hear giggling in the background has had more Instagram bio changes than I've had hot dinners. And I used to be massive, like really fat. So I've had a lot of hot dinners. And that's Carl Stubb. Welcome, Stubbo. Hello, mate. How are we? Grand as eggs. Let's dive into our first news story, which is the mega fight between AJ and Fury. Got our boxing correspondent joining us live on the pod. He is Michael Wright. Before he speaks, you need to know that in his one, he's had one fight semi-pro level for charity and i'm pleased to announce he is one and oh sparked him out in that right mike welcome makes all the difference that's that's the big claim i have in my cv is one and oh you beat the poor ginger windmill that's all i've got it don't, don't matter how ugly or pretty it was you just read the scorecard how many rounds was it? was it three rounds three rounds yeah it was all for, all for charity one of these ultra white collar boxing events charity nate if no one's done it, they should for the buzz of the evening. It was brilliant. I'm not doing oh, it. Oh yeah, I would I would absolutely love to walk into a ring and get my head caved in. Yeah. No. <laughs> I'm not doing it. Someone will lose their fist in my face. I'm With someone from the RAF cool. called Carl. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> a fighter pilot called um, Carl with a K. Yeah, uh, no thanks. But, but our light of our night was uh, apart from apart from winning was we tried to give it the pins over the ropes and stood on the ropes in the corner to flash to the tables that stood behind and the ropes just sunk to the ground so I was no higher so I stood the pins on the ropes. What was uh, your walk on music? Uh, here comes the hot stepper. Murder up, you know. Yeah, what you? That's a great song to come into. What would yours be, Stubbsy? What would you come into? Probably some out of the greatest showman. Oh my god! Can I fight you <laughs> from now on or something? Oh really? Oh mate, no. That's, that's... Any way that I am, he just wants any fight. excuse to dance like a fucking idiot. Oh my god! You've lost so. Many the only way I win there. a fight is just by camping it up a bit, <laughs> scaring him in the ring. <laughs> I had, I had no choice. I had no choice but to win my fight because the guy come out came out to I'm too sexy for my shirt. Oh and yeah, fought. you had to beat him up. He deserved yeah, it. From him. Charity was a bonus. If I'm honest in that scenario. Yes, yeah. Go on, DT. What are you coming out to before we get off this mega fight? What are you coming out to? Uh, I don't know. Probably leave it to somebody. What um, is I'm too sexy for my shirt? Is that right? Said Fred. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, what what other songs they got? Because I, I would probably have one of those to be fair. I would like to see you doing the worm down the. Uh... Oh fucking hell, mate! I'm a year, I'm a few years older than the last you time. Come out that. to Stone Cold Steve Austin's theme music. You look similar. <laughs> Crack some cans. What what did Burnley come out to? Burnley, shoes in a shoe shop. Couldn't believe it. Don't know. Anyone know? I got a clue what Burnley come out to. Yeah, right. I should know really let's, being the gaffer. Let's move on to the mega fight. Now we've gone off on clearer tangent as we as we like to. So let's dive in. So absolutely huge in the boxing world. It was a fight that I genuinely never thought we'd be getting on, and it's signed, which is absolutely huge. So let's go straight over to Mike with your opinion, buddy. What do you reckon? Uh, yeah, biggest thing in British boxing heavyweight history, in my opinion. 
the fight. Um, not necessarily, I would say, the two biggest stars because you've got Lennox Lewis, Frank Bruno were both established at the time when they fought. But in terms of what's at stake, so two biggest heavyweight stars on the planet, all the belts, uh, which is the, the the big thing. You know, it, this is this is for the bollocks. This is for the undisputed pound for pound heavyweight champion and a shitload of money. So the the, the rumour is they're both guaranteed 100 million from a two-fight deal, which is just insane. Let's go through the tail of the tape. Have you got the tail of the tape there, Mike? Have you got that? Have, yeah. So who do you want to start with, AJ? Yeah, let's go AJ first. So AJ's currently got the WBA, IBF, WBO and the IBO. So the IBO is the belt that nobody cares about, really, but it is a recognised world belt. So 25 fights, 124 of them, 22 by KO. And he's lost the one fight to Andy Ruiz. Uh, Fury's got the WBC, on the other hand, which he acquired from Wilder and holds the Ring magazine. Basically, it's a wank mag you find in the in the in the field when you're 14. Someone's some dirty <laughs> left left in a bush. <laughs> oh, the Ring magazine. It's very very niche. Carry on. Uh, Ring magazine. Yeah, it's uh, for those that don't know. It's basically. Um, it's, it's the, the number one pound for pound in that division. So whoever has it is classed as the number one in that division. So Fury, although he's got less belts, would be classed as the number one heavyweight in the division. And he's also got what's classed as a lineal title. So he's he's held previous world titles when he beat Vladimir Klitschko and he's never been beaten. So he's classed as a lineal champ. So he's never actually lost his world titles in a fight. Yeah, that's bollocks. I mean, I, I never, I, I, I hate that title. No. I don't. No. I mean, the one that stood out for me was he's had 21 knockouts. Oh, that surprised me, that. That really did surprise yeah, me. Yeah, it's not deemed as a big puncher, but mm. if you look at his CV, and this is this is where I think, for me, I lean towards AJ, that Wilder, there's, uh, sorry, Fury, there's no doubt, for me, is a cleverer boxer. I think his boxing IQ is second to none in terms of heavyweight division. He can tailor his style to any fighter, but his CV isn't great. So apart from you take Deontay Wilder out and you take Klitschko out, the next best recognised heavyweight that he's fought is Klitsch, is Chisora twice, and that's it. Well, I'm, I've got Deontay Wilder's uh, list here, and I, I think it's more impressive than Fury's. Not taking anything away from Fury because he's, he's an unbelievable boxer, but I just think, I mean, he he won't Fury won't care, will he, about what this says about no. his legacy? He doesn't care. Not at all. But to, to neutral fat or to people that, so to, 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 to fans does. How do you see it? Do you think this is a, a legacy fight? It's a legacy fight for, for AJ, isn't it? What do you think for Fury? I, I think I think this means more to AJ's legacy and reputation than it does Fury's. I don't think people care. Fury now has, has cemented his place in boxing glory with his comeback. So obviously he had that time out after Klitschko, won the belts versus Klitschko, had his time away from the ring to sort his personal issues, come back through a few shit fights, took on Wilder when nobody else would. You could argue Joshua skirted the fight. Uh, he was offered it a couple of times, if you believe the rumours, but unjustly drew the fight because I do think he, he outpointed him and won it. But if he ain't got knocked down in the last round, he would have definitely won it. Had a couple more tune-up fights again and then took the belt off him. But, so, while, but while he was skirting, and I'm doing air quotes now for anyone listening, <clears> but while he was skirting it, he was beating Pulev, Povetkin, Joseph Parker. And I remember at the time, Joseph Parker coming out of New Zealand was meant to be the next big hope. And he just he destroyed him. It was, it was meant yeah. to get boys. So Joseph, Joseph Parker had the WBO belt mm. that, that um, AJ took off him. So he, he beat a world title fighter. He's also beat Klitschko. With two, he took two belts off him. 
beat Charles Martin. So he's beaten three recognised world champs to take the four belts that he's now got. Five if you class um, Andy Ruiz for the rematch that he had. So he's had a, an impressive CV, but I just think that Wilder at the time was a dangerous fight for him. I think Wilder causes AJ more problems than Joshua does in a brawl because he is such a big puncher, whereas Fury will be very clever and tactical about this. He will approach this, in my opinion, the same way as he will do the Klitschko fight, where he will aim to outpoint and outbox Joshua and not get hit. It's got and the I potential to be really It's up for a it? shit fight. Yeah, it's, it's got up for all the glutz and the glory of a Manchester United, Liverpool-type football scenario where it's the big talking season, two big clubs going at it, and it's a nil-nil draw. It's got that written all over it in my opinion as long as it's not too late as long as it's like a because these three in the morning fights I'm absolutely cocker spaniel yeah. by the time I get around to it I'm gazeboed I'm gone so it, it needs to be sort of midnight 1am it's going to be I do, I do, it's going to be isn't it isn't it talked about it's going to be Saudi Arabia I do think it'll impact where the venue is I do think they'll have a big choice for that because it, it's criminal that it isn't allowed to be in Britain this in my opinion this this is the fight that was tailor made for Wembley this should have been at Wembley or that I was reading, whilst doing my research today, they've got 30 days to get a venue um, to get it sorted. That's the deadline they've placed on it. So, And there's some real big hitters that are putting some proper money down to get it to wherever. Saudi Arabia, Dubai, Qatar, yeah. Even Mexico, apparently, are interested in it. Um, And then, obviously, you've got the States, but it depends on restrictions with the States that they will be able to have some form of crowd, but not a 60, 70, 80, 90,000 type of seats. Imagine a summer fight outdoor in New York at the MetLife with all the glitz and the glamour in New York. That would be mm. awesome. That would be awesome. Stubbsy, just wake up, mate. Stubbsy. Yeah. Yeah, brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> I looked I'm loving this. So I'm, I'm loving this. I've had to sit through two hours of his cricket bollocks listening <laughs> to the podcast. So I'm loving this now that he's finally piped down. Uh, the quietest he's been in fucking six weeks. So, I literally, like, if I'm being honest, like, I really couldn't care less. Like, how's that then, Stubbs? You know, I love boxing. And, 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 do you not get involved with the big fights, like when these mega fights that everyone's involved with? You're not, you're not bothered. I, I'm a lover, not a fighter, as much as it's I enjoy it. punching each other, not you. You don't have to get involved. Yeah, but I don't want to watch it. Like, it I, I genuinely doesn't interest me. I don't know. There's a, a type of lad who, who's interested in most sports, like big event sports. Like me, I, I, I could care less about cricket, but I pay attention when the Ashes is on, for instance. Could care less about tennis, but you pay an interest when Wimbledon's on. So I thought th- I'd have you down as one of those, mate. I will get like at the end of the day, like I've been to watch fights and stuff like that, but as it not as in to attend them, it's just like all my mates are in. Riley watching Hill. it at three in the morning, and I've already had twenty pints, and I'm probably asleep in the corner, sort of thing. So yeah, <laughs> it just doesn't interest me. It's just one of them things that I really don't care about. I say one of them things. It's up there with American football or rugby. easy, easy. You went at NFL corner for a while. I'll bring it back if you're not careful. Talk about the money that's involved, though, and it is a substantial amount of money. However, the YouTube whoppers that are going around boxing at the minute could command equally as much money. That's how, that's how insane it is. It's ridiculous. Really? So it's Jake Paul that's fighting in. Uh, room, Rumoured that he can get 50 million quid for his next fight. He's a nobody. It's just a joke. It just, it just, it's not great. I mean, it's like when... Um, it's insane. 
it's like on a completely different level when we played Crawley in the Cup and everyone's yeah. talking about Mark Ryan. What? This is a, it's an FA Cup third round game. Who gives a shit? And it, it, it took it, it actually it took the it took the gloss off what was Crawley's big day as well. Like, yeah. In fact, YouTube, uh, in, any serious boxer, he'd lose his head. He'd be gone. So his his brother, he, that, I, I don't know who the older one is. It's Jake Paul, Logan Paul, isn't there? Was it Logan, Logan was the younger one? I think mean, in boxing I first, know. and he he was rumored to fight Mayweather in an exhibition fight. So an eight round exhibition fight, and people are saying, you know, why Mayweather is potentially one of the greatest boxers, if if not the greatest boxer of all time, with his record and who he's fought and, and what he's done. And there's no doubt that he's a cash cow as well. And Mayweather's come out and said, why are you fighting him? And he said, I could get $20 million for coming out and fighting a proper boxer, or I can make $100 million fighting Logan Paul. And that's insane. Because of the because of the social media and... Social media. Yeah, big blow, blow for Mayweather, yeah. Mayweather doesn't even fight. He just don't get around the ring for about three hours. Don't get it, and then like, oh, thank you, cash. In a, oh, mate, and like boxing is boring, but fuck me, he is boring. It's the least entertaining ever. Younger Mayweather, I disagree with, and he was coming up through the ranks of welterweight, lightweight, welterweight. I, he was a good boxer, and then he got to the end where there was so much riding on this fifty and no record that he did. Fights was very clever about it. He just didn't get it. So like you could argue his last five or six fights weren't weren't entertaining. He should have fought Pacquiao a lot quicker than he did. In the in the biggest grossing fights ever, he, he holds the top four for 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 gross money. He's in the top four fights of all time. Pacquiao, McGregor, which again is an exhibition y nonsensey thing. Canelo, De La Hoya. This unbelievable fights, and, and obviously one more, and it may well be irrelevant. But I mean, to say obviously boxing style and everything, Pacquiao unbelievable. Bit late, you're right, Mike. It was too late. Canelo, we fought him in 2013, so that kind of was just sort of coming up, up and coming. And De La Hoya was another fight I wanted to watch, but yeah, the, the UK boxing scene now is, is massive. Obviously, uh, my my mate Warrington had a tough loss last month, which was a shame, but he'll, he'll come back. Big and strong, no, no dramas there. And then obviously there was a massive win for Akoli on Saturday night, just gone. Yeah, took the WBO title. Um, so yeah, good fight for him, actually, to be fair. He's he probably fought, I would say, the weakest of the uh cruiserweight title holders. But you look at the rest of the division, there's there's not a lot there for him to fear. I, I don't I don't think. I do think he's got a massive future. It depends how long he stays in cruiserweight. He's only had 16 fights, um, done incredibly well to get a world title at the minute. Had a very short amateur career as well. I think he only had 25 or 26 amateur fights as well. So he's, he's come into the game quite late, um, but done incredibly well. He's just very awkward. He's like a smaller version of Joshua. So his very reach. Oh, my God. His reach is yeah. It's all elbows and arms. It's just unbelievable. He, he has let, got, me him. let me at him. Let me at him. Let me at him. Yeah, he, he cruised through that fight. And I'm not, I mean, literally just picked his spot and then just bopped him. And it was just, and, and the kid was, the, the Polish, I said kid, he's like 32. But the, the Polish guy would look like he made of granite. He had a really good stance, yeah. nice and low, trying to make it awkward. He just picked his moment, just picked him off. Did you? He's coming that division at the right time because Yuzik's just left. Bellew retired a couple of years ago. So he's, he's coming that division at the right time. He says for the taking, I think. But, I'm going to uh, put you on the spot now, Mike. They yeah. fight, not literally tomorrow, but they fight tomorrow. Does Akoli beat Usic or is it too much for him? Too much. I think he beats him. Do you? Yeah, I do. I, I, I think... think... Go on. 
we 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 talked we touched on Canelo briefly, but I I, I do think that. I mean, he's insane. His he's, he's CV is just ridiculous in terms of a boxer. He's by far and away, pound for pound, the best boxer there is on the planet at the minute. He's, he's fought at light heavyweight and he took a title off Kovalev. I think if you put Canelo in the cruiserweight division, he beats any of the cruiserweights at the minute. That's Canelo's how... an elite, isn't he? I, mean, I know Usic is elite. But... And I know it's a massive step up in weight, but I don't think any of the cruiserweights are that good. I think... Coley's probably the best of them, but he's still got an awful lot to learn. And then he will eventually look to step up into heavyweight. But I, I, yeah, I, I do think you stick him in there with someone, an experienced, unified, undisputed cruiserweight champion in music. He gets dropped massively. I mean, we've got the uh, the ginger meeting next week, but we could probably have a vote on it now. Should we make Canelo king of the gingers? Are we happy to do that? It was Prince Harry, but... He'll need, he'll need to get through the committee at Ginger Club. Yeah, I think he's got he's a strong candidate, mate, isn't he? I think if he sticks his can, yeah, case down, I'm not arguing with him. Yeah, no. We'll, look, we'll you talk about out. You talk, touch on um, the boxing scene of, you know, Britain. I, I, I read today that um, Coley's has now become the fifth UK world champion. So there's, there's five now, five boxing world champions now. Two years ago, we had 13 world champions. Think of people who's lost a title, the likes of Warrington, Carl Frampton's lost a title. There's quite a few boxes in there that have that have either lost them or stepped up and you know not not vacate the title, but we've only got five world title holders now. Sounds too much like Virat Kohli for me, and Virat Kohli's a massive prick, so I'm going to put him in the same category. Yeah, he's another one on this podcast. I'm well on that train now. Kohli's a dick. Look at look at him in that, in that final T20 game. It's just he was moaning at the umpire, and I was looking at thinking it's not cricket. Hey, he he could literally make absolutely anything that happens in a cricket match to do with him. Like, he could have absolutely nothing to do with taking the wicket, nothing to do with, you know, taking the catch that, you know, brings the wicket. He could, he just jumps on, he just, as long as he's front and centre of that fucking big screen, he doesn't give a shit, mate. He's an absolute fucking helmet. You see, Mike, we start talking about cricket, you put 50p in these two knobheads. Look at him. I've, 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 come, I've come to talk about boxing, I've, I've wound up listening to that drivel again. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> Cut um, me out of that bit. <laughs> no, no, you're staying in that bit. Thanks That's for joining me. us, Mike. Uh, we'll get you on close to the time, mate, when, when the fight gets announced, when we've got more news to talk about. But, uh, mate, thanks for joining the pod. Uh, Mike you're Wright, welcome. everyone. Cheers, guys. Cheers, Cheers, Our next news item on the agenda is the England squad for the upcoming World Cup qualifiers. Um, interesting squad, should we say? I, I, not too many shocks in there, I don't think. Obviously, we've got a lot of injuries, so it's it's it was always going to be a very different looking squad. What's your thoughts, boys? Yeah, I, I think with injuries, there obviously, like you say, there's going to be a few changes. Um, and I think that's probably uh, the one kind of, I, I know he's played well in recent weeks, but Jesse Lingard getting back in straight away came as a bit of a shock. Um, but the, the only kind of the clear and obvious omission, which I'm sure you're absolutely over the moon about, is, is Bamford um, and Watkins going in instead of him. What's your thoughts regarding that? Because I'm sure you've got plenty to say. Might be different to what you, you think my thoughts are going to be, actually. Um, f- firstly, Ollie Watkins is a brilliant striker. Let me just, for any Villa fans listening, so I don't get any hate online. He's, I mean, I watched him a lot in the Championship last couple of years, obviously, versus Leeds, and he's genuinely a really good striker. I mean, there's 
he's got everything to be fair. He leads the line well, he runs the channels well, he's really quick, he's very quick. He's transformed himself from a, a winger and then into a playing wide of a three into a central striker, which is really difficult to do. He knows where the net where, where the net is. Um, he's I got think you get that from from lads that come through the lower leagues, though, don't you? You look exactly. at like Jamie Var like Jamie Vardy and stuff. The way that he plays for for Leicester, by no means am I comparing him to Jamie Vardy, but in terms of work ethic and willingness to do mm. the ugly bits that most strikers aren't necessarily willing to do, let's no. say. No. Um, he's got that in, in abundance. He's he's willing to do that ugly stuff and. My God, does he reap the rewards? He's scored 20 goals for the past however many seasons, hasn't he? It's interesting, but if I take my Leeds hat off, well, I'll put, tell you what, I'll put my Leeds hat back on. Firstly, if you if you told me last, even last season, that Patrick Bamford would 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 genuinely on the edge of the England squad, I'd have laughed you out of the building. Not not because of. I just didn't think he would make this step up. And, and I and anyone that, that knows me online, I've been really critical of Pat Bamford, but I always understood what he did for the team. I always knew that. But his lack of finishing really didn't cost us, clearly, because we got over the line. But sometimes it was abysmal and he just didn't have, seem to have that clinical edge. And then this season, I mean, it's just... We're saying about Ollie Watkins and how he's come through and he's doing everything you need. Patrick Bamford, I'm not being funny, has everything right now absolutely he's, everything. He's, he's genuinely like he's like say he's taken he's not just taken Leeds fans by surprise like there's not many Premier League fans gave him much of a sh chance of actually succeeding in, in like saying that step up and like even like Palace fans when he was at Palace they're like oh it, you know he's just not got it he's, he's a real nice down-to-earth lad as well and just seems like he's got his head screwed on he understands that like he said exactly what you just said after the game against uh, Fulham the other night um, in the fact that if you'd said at the start of the season that he'd have been on the brink of the England squad by now, then he would have just been like, you know, he'd have obviously, you know, snapped your hand off. But um, he just knows now that he's got himself into that position to be talked about and that if he continues for the next two, three months doing what he's been doing so well, then he's got every chance of being in that squad in the summer. The one thing I would say that I, I said this last year, so this isn't me rewriting history. The, the one thing you would say about Pat Bamford under under Bielsa is we're not the same team when he's not there. It's just because of how intelligent his runs are, how hard he works, how he's he's a very intelligent footballer. So he's just from the off, he's just understood what Bielsa wants from him, and he's just and he works in system. So to relate that to England, if Harry Kane isn't there, then obviously the next man up is. Dominic Calvert-Lewin obviously can play up front on his own. No, no worries there. Can, can lead the line really well. And then now it's going to be Ollie Watkins, which again he can do that job. I just think maybe it's a bit harsh that he's missed out. It's, I mean, stats-wise. I mean, if you want me to give you some stats, he's got more combined goals and assists than Vardy, Rashford, Grealish, Calvert-Lewin, Watkins, Sterling, and Barnes. That's a pretty good list of people that he's got more goals and assists of this season that's a that's a pretty strong list now when he when you dive into his numbers he's been involved he's been directly involved in 20 Premier League goals that list contains Harry Kane Bruno Fernandes Song Hyung Min Mohamed Salah and Patrick Bamford so again his numbers this season unbelievable and then top English strikers this is just English strikers you take everybody out of the out of the out of the argument, Harry Kane, 17 goals, 13 assists. 
Patrick Bamford, 14 goals, six assists. So he's next man up. And then it's Calvin Lewin, then it's Vardy, then it's Watkins, then it's Calvin Callum Wilson. And then the last stat, because obviously you're going to get a bit bored, is he's only taken one penalty. So they're all from open play, barring one goal. 14 goals, one from, from penalties. Salah, 17, six penalties. Harry Kane, 17 goals, four penalties. So, not, I mean, they count, obviously, penalties. I'm not taking away. I'm just saying that he, he's scored a lot from, from open play. The, the argument isn't for a Leeds fan to have because we're always going to back our own. This has to throw back to you boys, and it's a simple question. Who would you have put in, Ollie Watkins or Patrick Bamford, given all the data I've just given you? To be honest, I, I was amazed that he, I was amazed that Bamford didn't get in. To be fair, um, I thought he, I thought he would. This would have been his chance to uh, to show you know that he can. Well, if he can do it at international level on the back of him making a step up into the Prem. Like to go against what you've just said, I don't think it's a toss up between Ollie Watkins and Pat Bamford. I don't understand why he can't have both because. I I did not take in Saka if I'm honest. Out of the Saka's a good player though, that... and he's slightly different position. Uh, I mean, Harry Kane's starting, and then Dom- Dominic Calvert Lewin's playing. So it's a, it's Watkins may not even take the field. I don't know, and he can play in a three. And it I can address my original point. I can understand Watkins being in there. I really can. He's very quick. He's a slightly slightly younger, uh, and he's taken to Premier League like a duck to water. So there's no issue. I just. Powerful. I mean, I, I, on, a, on a personal note, I was gutted for that. Absolutely gutted because I know how much it'll mean to him to, if he does ever get the call up. And absolutely gutted. I mean, slightly moving away from that, just on Harry Kane, by the way, he's only 100 Premier League goals away from Alan Shearer's record, you know. He's some striker in Harry Kane. He is some boy. He's, he's you want to know something? I've got a bet on Harry Kane to beat Alan Shearer at 200 to 1. I think he does it. I think he does it. I honestly. It's, I, it. I, I was confident up until the last couple of days because there's been a few rumours about him moving out of, uh, moving away from the Premier League, hasn't there? They've started again recently. I think he stays in England. I really do. I think it'll take a big move for him to move away from Tottenham because he clearly loves it. But I mean, it's Sky better than put it on about. 10 seasons ago or something as a special like Harry Kane to beat uh, Alan Shearer maybe not 10 seasons ago like 5 maybe but yeah 200 to 1 he's 27 so he's realistically going to play to his what barring any injuries 35 so he's got it's not he breaks the record if he stays in England comfortably it's just whether he stays whether he makes that plunge without doubt point that we need to look at to be fair and quite interesting really I think you probably put him in your England side for the Euro stock too uh, and that was Trent, Exale- Trent Alexander-Arnold not yeah, I did. yeah I did and um, I was again talking about shockers I, I, I was really surprised I, I think that's a bit of kick in the teeth if I'm honest I mean you look at previous England squads and you've had to do you've had to be well I have a broken leg not to get in the squad and mm. I, I don't and and Southgate's always been very loyal as well, and, he, and he's dropped him. He's dropped him like a hot potato, and I don't I don't really get that myself. I mean, it's a position that we're so strong in there. Mm. I know this sounds ridiculous, but we've probably got four of the best right backs around. And 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 from a Leeds point of view, I mean, he was never going to get in it. But Luke Alien apparently was close. They're looking at the, our, our land, Luke Alien, and 
he's had a hell of a season. I mean, some of his numbers are incredible, but he's not going to get a sniff. Bless him, his old Bill. No. But, I mean, the, the, Ben Chilwell, Connor Cody, Eric Dyer, Reese James. I mean, Reese James is an unbelievable player. Harry Maguire, Tyrone Mings, Luke Shaw, John Stones, Trippier and Walker. I mean, who could you drop? Trippier, he's done the great... You, he can't. This is what I mean. Like, Trippier realised that he weren't getting... going to get the game time. See you later. I'll go go play Atletico. Um, I really rate him. I think... Um, not if you look through that back four as well, I think some of the deliveries, the set-piece deliveries we've got in there, Chilwell's dead on a dead ball is unbelievable. Mm. Kieran Trippier on a dead ball is absolutely unbelievable. Um, Reese James's deliveries are unbelievable. And he's popping them on Harry Kane's head. I mean, yeah, he's... he's you've, got some re- you've got some really nice players in there. I think we're certainly on the side that... When you look at it, there's some proper, proper footballers there, isn't there? There's some great players, and actually, it's going to give it'll give Southgate a real chance to um, to experiment a bit and see who's you know who's got it, who hasn't, because it's his last well, not last chance to look at um, people before. Um, Do you know the thing that I love most it, but... about this squad is the fact that there's not there isn't like a, a superstar or a massive, massive name in there. You look through that no. squad, there isn't mm. like a like a, like a Beckham or something like, you know, like well, in the past, what the everybody's wanking off. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just, I just think it's brilliant where you've got like, you've genuinely got 25 players there and there isn't really a massive personality in it. It's just like a group of young lads that I think if you look at a lot of them, I bet most of them have played together throughout the age group stuff and all the rest mm-hmm. of it. I, I think mean, it's brilliant. The one name I am pleased for on this list and so I've seen a lot of him over the last two years, is Sam Johnston. He's a really good keeper. Yeah, I'm glad he's got the nod. I think he's yeah. been really impressive. Tough season for him at West Brom. I think he's genuinely a very good keeper. I think uh, I think that can make the most of keepers, you know. Like, yeah. you look at some of the keepers that have, like, when they go play at West Brom, he's going to be busy week in, week out, because West Brom are one of the lesser teams in the Premier League. Um, yeah. So he's going to be busy. You're going to see... They staying, staying up, mate, up. aren't they? Yeah, you've, you've yeah. packed them to stay up. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck knows why. There's a, there's a, uh, to touch on your point from earlier, Stubbsy, there's a lot of likeable guys. I'm just looking through the list now. There's, there's a lot of really likeable guys here. It's it. I mean, you, you, Connor Cody, great story with how he's built his career back up again. Really, really nice guy. There's, there's so many, John Stones again, he's, he's faced and he, he struggled. I mean, I don't really agree with Jesse Lingard being in the squad, but from a personal angle, it's an unbelievable story that he is back in it and he's he is playing well at West Ham, to be fair. Um, I just thought there'd be too many ahead of him. But from a personal side, that's, that's yes, really fun. I mean, Luke Shaw's had his battles and there he is, waddling himself back into the England squad. Fair play to him. He's had a really good season. He's been yeah. class this year, hasn't he? Absolutely different level. And again, this isn't a Leeds podcast, obviously, but from you, you, you will not meet a nicer bloke than Calvin Phillips. He's getting, he's getting all his rewards now. And Declan Rice is a nice guy. So, yeah, there's, there's some really likable characters. I mean, we haven't even touched on Marcus Rashford and everything he's personally achieved this year. This is, this is a, this is a squad that all, I think, the whole of the country will massively get behind in the summer. I think, um, especially yeah. after everything we've all been through in the last twelve months, it'll be, um, oh, there's going to be some beer flying in the air, isn't there? There's nobody in that squad, though, really, that's got any scars. You know what I mean? Like, it's all the fresh, new faces. Like, 
there's a, a few players in there that had the, the positive experience where the fever returned to English football uh, back in 2018. They'll just have positive memories. Obviously, the, the Croatia thing was, was what it was, but Jesus, did we have a good tournament up until then. I think, unfortunately for Pickford, his injuries come at just the wrong time. I, think, I can't see him getting back in the squad, I'm afraid. I think he's done. I think he starts first game of the Euros. I don't think he will. I've got the complete... I think that's him done. I think that's him done. Especially if um, Henderson carries on playing at Man United. He's what, played the last six or seven now. Tell you what, I let's do a charity bet. Let's do a charity bet. £10, because we're not minted. Oh. £10 to charity. I think I, yeah. I think Pickford starts first game of the Euros. You, think you can have the rest of the field. Okay, deal. deal. Yeah, charity of our choice. Yeah, and we'll tell everybody on the podcast what we did with it uh, in, in the yeah. summer. I think, as well, it's just so strong, this squad. I mean, there's the names that are missing off this list that, are, that would be in it. I mean, that midfield... Yeah. There's so many goals and assists in that midfield, even without Madison, Grealish, Henderson, just to name three that so much missing. And Jaden Sancho. It's mind blowing, isn't it? For, for everyone's sake, for England's sake, that he gets this right, and because because that that squad can win a tournament. That squad can win a tournament. It's as simple as that. It's got everything you need in a squad. The only thing, the only thing it's lacking was experience. They should have got that from the last tournament. They should have some scars from that, and and they should be able to. to and the manager should have learned from that as well. When he didn't make the correct changes, I mean, we, we exercised. We, we were all at the game. We exercised that gate at that them ghosts against Croatia. That was a great win, and we really yeah, did exercise that day. I mean, we were all ginned up, and Dan Taylor was fast asleep from the night before. But we still witnessed the game live. <laughs> <laughs> that was one of the longest days in my life. <laughs> you stayed in it. You stayed in the game, mate. I was very proud of you that day. Uh, prediction quickly: three wins. I'm assuming. Yeah. yeah, I genuinely, genuinely think, and this might seem like an outrageous prediction, but in, if he plays a young inside against San Marino, like he should do, it that's double digits. Yeah, yeah, completely agree. Completely agree. Like, they will absolutely destroy them. And I, I mean, destroy, that, that could be 10, 11, 12, maybe more. I mean, they if are they get going and they, well, yeah, they are. But I'm just saying, like, if they get going and don't take their foot off the gas, mm -hmm. that could be an absolute pole action. It yeah, no, could be serious. Yeah. I think, I think that, like, you say three wins. Um, I think Poland are a team to easily look, look past and I actually think they're not the worst side ever. That's clearly going to be the most difficult squad, uh, difficult game, but I would expect us to beat them, I think. Yeah, I think it's they're important because obviously the qualifiers, but it'll, it's just all about head down to the tournament now. Let's get these out of the way. Let's get three wins on the board. Let's play some exciting football. Let's try some things maybe. Prove, prove doubters like me wrong and let's kick on to the tournament. Completely agree. Right, on to Cheltenham. So let's, uh, our final item is Stubbsy's Cheltenham Roundup. Now, I was going to sing there, but I thought I'd save the listeners' ears and not bother. Uh, the, the singing was going to involve lyrics about um, you uh, being shit at betting, but uh, I thought I'd save you because you've had a really tough week, mate, haven't you? Yeah, it's not been, it's not been easy, but it's been a very enjoyable week, um, regardless of the betting situation. Um, 
some really incredible performances uh, throughout, notably the likes of Shishkin. Um, anyway, um, on the jockey front, Rachel Blackmore was in a league of her own, to be brutally honest. Six winners. Um, like for somebody like you, Stocksy, that's not mad keen on horse racing or whatever, like her decision making on some of the horses um, was just absolutely phenomenal. Um, on the Thursday, um, most notably on Tell Me Something Girl, the way she judged that ride was just on a different planet to anything else. You heard AP McCoy and Ruby Walsh stood there analysing the race afterwards and going through what she'd just done. And they were literally mind blown by it. They're two of the greatest jockeys that have ever lived. Like everybody knows their names, their household names in horse racing. Um, and I think it's just, a, we were talking a little bit earlier on uh, female boxers and stuff like that. Um, and I think the women jockeys at the minute, they're just on a different line. Like, they're absolutely phenomenal. You've got Rachel Blackmore on the over the jumps. You've got Holly Doyle, who was in the the top um, uh, British uh, Sports Personality of the Year. She made it into the the final three, I think, on the Sports Sports Personality yeah. of the Year. And I just think it's fantastic to see where you've got both both blokes and women competing on a level playing field. And do you know what the women? doing more than stand up, stand up to their own. No, fair play. No. And, uh, I, I, and I think as well, on the back of what, what had obviously gone before, it was a real, it was a real feel-good story to come out of Cheltenham as well. Like, it, it, you know, what we spoke about on the previous pod about the whole Elliot situation and everything that kind of came with that. I was really pleased that it didn't get too much airtime. Um, you know, and, and, the, and what was spoken about was was how good the racing was and how good oh, Rachel Blackmore was just, like I say, absolutely incredible. Um, and it's, it's, it is great to see. And a lot more people are talking about horse racing and a lot, you know, people always have their views on it. Those that don't, don't agree with it, but my God, it's becoming a lot more spoken about and it's, um, it's, it's great really. What was the biggest surprise performance? Was it Tiger? Tiger Roll, 100%. Did not see yeah. that coming. I openly spoke about it on my betting channel at Only Footy and Horses, if you're wondering. All tips and that. They're shit at the minute, but I'd give them a miss for a few weeks, but we'll be back. Um, but yeah, I openly admitted on that channel um, that I didn't. I thought Tiger Roll was done. I did some other work on a, uh, a live uh, analysis and I openly spoke out then that I thought it was even unfair that they were taking Tiger Roll to the festival um, and that was agreed by ha- all of the other and just on the- what were his what was what was his odds to be going into the race only six, only six to one I think everybody oh, was still then, worried okay. yeah uh, John was still worried that it would be that he could have one last hurrah just because he loves it round Cheltenham and all the rest of it but equally yeah, they've got to. I mean, the one thing I say about Cheltenham is I, I've never attended, and I will be going next year. I think if I can, if I can get anywhere near it, like everybody else, but I'll I'll, I'll be going next year. It just looks so brilliant. I mean, I know you boys go every year. I'm definitely joining in next year. I can't wait. It's just it looks fantastic. It looks a real. I mean, I gave up betting this year, but I'll I'll be having a dabble next year. That's for sure. 
Right to show. Yeah, it was, it, it, yeah. And I think that just credit to um, credit to ITV with the job that they they did with the coverage. I thought their coverage was absolutely fantastic. I can't remember the the viewing figures off the top of my head, but. They were massive. That hashtag, um, that hashtag reached like 84 million people, that IT yeah. racing hashtag. It's insane. Yeah. They just like just did a really, really good job of it. And actually, you know, it's it's like anything in the last 12 months, you know, with no crowds. Cheltenham really, in the grand scheme of things, is nothing without the crowds. And it, one thing it would have missed more than ever is, is that roar as soon as they go off. But... Um, yeah, I think the, the way that they, you know, hats off to the organisers, the coverage, I think it was just, it was a great spectacle. And Was it Ed and, Chamberlain you know, like, presenting? Yeah, he, well, yeah Ed he's Chamberlain was one of them, yeah. Brilliant. When he left Sky, I was gutting, because I think he's, he was genuine. He's used to Super Sunday, didn't he? And he was fantastic. Yeah, yeah. And obviously, racing's his true love, so I understand why he's gone. Um, so that's good to hear. that he, he handled, I didn't watch any of it, so it's good to hear that he's, he's done well. It's probably worth mentioning that big bet that was uh, claimed on the cash out, Stubbs. Yeah, it's mental, wasn't it? Um, so some geezer stocks, I don't know whether you saw it. Um, oh, well, I saw it, on, all right. It was going around the WhatsApp route. Either on anti-post, uh, two horses at Royal Ascot, which ran in uh, June, I think they were. Oh, I didn't know it involved those. That That's news to me. Right. Yeah, so you put two yeah. horses on uh, in in June, just gone at the at the Royal Ascot, um, twelve to one and ten to one, um, and then had uh, Shishkin at four to one um, for the Arkle, which hosed up. Um, Bob Ollinger in the Ballymore Novices, which again hosed up, had that at twenty five to one. What a find that was, anti post, uh, and then had was waiting on Envoy Allen. Um, at nine to two, which went off on the day at one to two, I think, um, which would have returned five hundred and eleven thousand two hundred and twenty-five pounds. Um, there was the company; they obviously got wind of this, and uh, I think the snake was coming out of the cave. Was straight onto the phone. Um, we offer you a settlement of two hundred and fifty grand uh, cash out um, if. Envoy, Alan, that's yours. No matter what happens, that's yours. Um, if the worst case scenario and Envoy doesn't win, you're left with your 250. If Envoy Allen goes on to win, we'll give you another 50 grand. Um, to which he uh, he took the, the cash out. And can I just say, Paul Deans or whatever your name is, you are miserable, mate. You, did you see his interview on ITV? No. Like, he literally just won 250 grand, taking it, and he was just sat there like, nice, isn't it? And just like, I thought I was boring. I've got the most boring voice in the world, but if I just won 250K, fuck me, I would be happy and excited. ITV, before the racing had started that day, like, they were like, oh, congratulations on your win, this, that, and the other. And then just, you know, no. So you think, oh, he's had a good day, he'll just sit on that. Goes and backs the uh, the forecast. Uh, sorry uh, for the tricast. Tricast. Sorry for the gold cup and sticks one thousand five hundred quid on it. So he said that he stuck the bet on that Manella Indo would win it, a Plutard would come second, and Albin Photo would come third. One thousand five hundred quid on that and got another hundred and forty grand just because he'd not won enough this week. You're joking. <laughs> no. no, no, genuine. What? 
He ended up with 390 grand. Wow, that is incredible. Um, Mate, if, if you're wondering what I would do with that money in relation to ITV, I am demanding... I think you'd take it to Torquay. Well, yeah, that's on the agenda, but I am demanding to go on GMB with a bottle of Dom Perignon, and I am flirting with Susanna Reid. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> Don't tell the wife. <laughs> Oh, yeah, mate, you didn't even like. I would still have been leathered. I'll say that. On to show and tell. I love this feature. It's a brilliant feature. So, show and tell this week is brought to you by Carl Stubbs. Come on, Carl, what we're we talking about. So, my show and tell this week um, is a it's a program that actually both Dan and I have uh, featured on. Um, one of us has been nutmegged on it, and one of Redness. us, um, uh, one of us answered a very stupidly to a question regarding uh, Italian football with Porto. I'll let you decide which one was which. These videos um, are on YouTube. Go check them out. It's hilarious. His geography is literally woeful. Carry on, Carl. Is the demise of Soccer AM from early. Mid, mid to late 90s, early 2000s, it was just brilliant. And now, I think, to be fair, it has, it's come back a little bit, but it was just three hours of nothing, wasn't it? And it's just not now. The Lovejoy years, Colin. Lovejoy Hellbells years. They, they, they should have, when, when those two left, they should have boxed it off, put it in she, the He left, she stayed for a bit, didn't she? Oh, oh, yeah, she oh, did, didn't she? She stayed for yeah. years. Well, a year, I think it was. It went actually. downhill. Yeah, he only stayed for a year. It went but they all left. Rapid. I think, I they think all Max left. Sheephead left, Penners left. Max Rushton came back, and it came back a bit, I think. But different to be honest, like, the, the, yeah, it's completely different now. Like, you twin it with all the, um, well, the generation that we now live in. Um you're never going to get the soccerette stuff that we used to get. Just, oh. just... It'll never last! <laughs> great name, great name. Great name, <laughs> great age. Great age. Beautiful age, beautiful. And how old are you? 24. Great age! <laughs> Fucking brilliant. It was just... Just, I mean, it was excessively seedy, but it was, it was so good. And it was like three hours on a Saturday morning. You, it, you used to get up and watch it from first minute to last minute, and it used to just be awesome. And the fact that they then had a best of soccer, which was an hour and a half long, um, that from that show, and now it's like the full show is an hour or an hour and a half, and they're just clutching at straws so badly to make, you know, try and make an impression. And it's just like, it's gone, lads. Just, just let it go. For anyone of our age group, and there'll be plenty listening in our demographic, it was all of our Saturdays. I, mean, I, I, I can remember getting up, going to football training on Saturday morning, Rusko Lions, big shout out, going to football training, coming back, diving into the bath, because I wanted to watch Soccer AM before I set off for Ellen Road. So, so I'd, get, I'd, I'd dive in the bath, there'd be a bacon butty waiting for me, and I'd be straight on to Soccer AM. And obviously you come in and out because of training and blah, blah, blah. But like... Yeah, I just loved it. And then my dad used to set VHS tapes with me so I could watch it all in the following week. I just loved it. Everything about it. It was just That's nonsense, good. wasn't it? But it was just yeah. so funny. Like the topless weather. <laughs> Northern boys oh. love gravy. 
Even the Weng, even the Venger bus, and they talk about Arsenal. And the Venger bus is coming, and Sheephead and want to jump behind the sofa. The, the East yeah, yeah. substitutes that would that would warm up in their tracksuits before oh. just little subtle touches like that. They're just absolute genius and brilliant. And you used to like even as Taxi is filmed in front of a live studio audience. <laughs> <laughs> Taxi. But, yeah, honestly. I mean, and, and even when, like, they did, they used to go around all the clubs for, like, the crossbar challenge and stuff. It used to be buzzing when your club was on it. You're just like, I wonder who's going to do it this, you know, who's going to hit, who's, you know. There's, there's so, there were so many little snippets. Like, tubes is one question. Um そう、そう、そう、そう、そう、そう、そう、そう、そう、そう、そう、そう、そう、そう、そう、そう、そう、そう、そう、そう、そう、そう、そう、そう、そう、そう、そう、そう、そう、そう、そう、そう、そう、そ
Oh, that was brilliant. <laughs> the third or something. Fucking brilliant. Uh, I, I, yeah. I suppose what I meant by the, the demographic thing, DT, is yes, I completely agree about you, it wouldn't be allowed now. I watch it as a 33-year-old now, and this is going to sound really, I'm going to make myself sound really old, but it's like, it's all like top bins and stuff, and it doesn't really, that doesn't really grab me, and it's all, no. um, the, the music doesn't really grab me, and I just think, it's just, it's trying to be really cool now, and it's trying to be cool in an, in an Instagram age, and I, I don't think it resonates, and I don't think it can land in the same way, because they've got guys like us three, I don't know if you boys still tune in, but I still watch it on Saturday morning, especially when I'm not travelling to games. I'll put it on now, and I just sort of lose myself in it because they're not—they're not trying to get me, and they don't want me. They want a different generation, but I'm the one that's watching. You're always watching it to like, like. You what else am I going to watch? That, yeah, in the hope as well that it's it will one day be like it used to be, where it's never going to be that. Like uh, Lovejoy is just going to walk nowadays, out again. Yeah, and nowadays you just you, you watch it and you just think. Nah, it's just it's so far gone. It's now like and like you say, we we, is still good. we we were yeah, we were lucky enough to see it in its pomp and it's golden age. So so good. And we just gotta you gotta it's like anything, you just gotta remember it for how it was when you enjoyed it. Yeah. <laughs> I've literally just remembered, right? You know when the soccerette would take her football shirt off. And she'd she'd have a yeah. soccer AM show. He would hold the bottom of her t-shirt and she was <laughs> shit off. I'm just that. Fucking hell. Just get, yeah. Oh my so, god. And then, um, and then they'd pick the fan out. They'd pick the fan out. Yeah, he would wow. do the uh the and it would make his year because it'd be blokes that look like me, and it would just make their year that some stunner. Is going for a walk and it's Natalie Sawyer was doing it. Do you remember when oh, Natalie Sawyer was on it? Princess. If you're listening, oh, Natalie, I'm, I'm not available, but I can be, Natalie. If you are listening, um, yeah, huh? I love you. Uh, um, yeah, back to the point. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah no, it's just immense. And then the dance off every year. I was just about that was my next thing that I just remembered. The dance off at Christmas was just gold, wasn't it? Just unbelievable, and you'd have that the uh, and the Geordie dancer. Do you remember the Geordie dancer? <laughs> yeah, dancer, and they had the, oh, they had yes. the Geordie dancer and the Mackham dancer, wherever they were caught, and yeah. they had a dance off. <laughs> Two idiots. <laughs> yeah, Absolutely. fantastic. There's so much that you could like, and to be fair, I'll keep coming back to you, and I'm sure there'll be. Many, oh, another thing that I've just remembered, they got bounce back ability in the uh, dictionary, didn't they? After, <laughs> after, after, yeah. after Ian, that was it Ian Dowie that said it? Yeah, yeah. They yeah. showed great bounce back ability. <laughs> yeah, and they worked really hard and they got it in the Collins English Dictionary, didn't they? Fucking brilliant. For anyone that um, hasn't followed any of the sort of the careers for any of the guys of Soccer M, sort of post Soccer M. There's one clip I'll point you to, which I think the guy was called Sheephead. And they went off to do this yes. little comedy project between them. There's a video yes. on YouTube and it's him calling Babe Station to talk about... <laughs> to Chris. talk about the ashes. <laughs> yeah, yes. if you've not seen it, I am honestly, go and watch yes. it. Pause this podcast, please. Come back to us, but go pause it and go and watch that immediately. So do you think Andrew Strauss declared too early? <laughs> whatever you want, babe. Whatever you want, whatever, whatever you want, babe. Honestly, go and look at it, because you'll, you'll, you'll laugh your cock off. Honestly. 
But yeah, that's my uh, that's my show and tell. So it's a brilliant show. Reminisce and tell. I mean, away. Hours. If you do hear uh, if you do think of any other soccer AM bits and bobs, drop us a line on Twitter because I will thoroughly enjoy reading and remembering with you. Yes, that is a great shout. So so please, everyone, tag us with, in Twitter with your favourite soccer AM memory. That's at G O A T Angent, so Goat Tangent on Twitter, please tag us in your favourite uh, soccer M and we'll, we'll stick a promo out for this and please put your memories on because I'm sure we've missed loads of stuff that we can we just can't remember off, off the hoof. But just, yeah, rest in peace, Soccer AM. Um, you were glorious. And anyone who's under the age of 13, a little bit under, and you're listening to this and you don't know what we're talking I about. I think 25 because yeah. I'm, I'm still a young pup. No, I'm very familiar so, with it. 25 and younger, if you're listening to this and you don't know what the hell we're on about and you've just listened to this and thought, what are they on about? Get yourself onto YouTube and go watch it because it will blow your mind. It's that good. And you just won't... If you haven't it. watched the Soccer AM wrestlers, just watch the one in the laundrette. You will pick oh. it up, <laughs> Change is not good. Uh... <laughs> ah, come um... on! <laughs> you shut up! Fucking hell! I'm going to I'm going to up till midnight working on YouTube at this rate. Brilliant show and tell that stuff's a top notch. Is another edition yeah. of Rank Me Off. Legendary TV shows of the past. Um, we're going to go on to legendary quiz shows of the past. Uh, your five options are as follows. Uh, there's a bit of a mix in this. We've got. We'll, we've got a newbie in there, so we'll go... Uh, number one is the most modern of these, uh, which is A League of Their Own on Sky One. Other TV shows, TV channels are available. Probably shouldn't say that. Um, number... Babe cut that out, I think. Available. Babe Station, yeah. Um, I don't know whether they've got a quiz show, though. Wouldn't watch it anyway, would you? No. Be a lot of phoning in, wouldn't there? Anyway. Number two is a question of sport with the lovely Sue Barker. Option number three is Big Break, Jim Davidson. Stuka in you tonight, Big Break. Great show. Uh, number four is Bullseye. In one. Finally is number five, which is They Think It's All Over by oh, uh, really Nick new. Hancock. What made me laugh about Nick Hancock is I swear he had 10 years of those Nick Hancock's football nightmares every Christmas would come out on VHS. <laughs> <laughs> and you, it was like an absolute banker of a video, wasn't it, from, from your parents? 100% stocking filler. Yeah. yeah. He likes football. Every Nick Hancock football's <laughs> nightmare, isn't it? Who does Nick yeah. Hancock support? Come on, shoot. Stoke. Stoke. Boom. Well played, boys. We're quick off the, off the mark there. There's your five. Right. So... What are we doing? Are we doing uh, one each? Turn stops? your cards over one at a time. Um, number five first, please. Go on, Stocks. Your reasoning. Question of sport is going in at number five. It's uh, it's last, obviously, uh, and the reasons will become... Oh, my God. What? Oh, I just can't believe what you just said. Outrageous. What are you going That's with, DT? Uh, big breaks down there for me. No match. Question of sport is brilliant. Don't get me wrong. I feel like I'm in arse on question of sport, but it'll become... Mate, great. it's the goat. It's not the goat. It is the goat. It's not. It's not. It's, it, if a goat was in... It is. In a, in a, in a, it's in a, the goat, mate. 
No, if the goat was in slippers with a pipe, then yeah, it's the goat. But I want a more energetic goat. It's a goat. Not a goat. Big break, last. Please discuss. Yeah. A shocker. Six o'clock on it, Saturday nights. Uh, the, the best theme tune oh, in TV game show theme, history. Theme tunes get your fuck all in this game. Right, the theme tune, theme sing tune the theme tune. Oh, he's taking this very seriously, stuff, isn't he? <laughs> 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 Well, you Sue Barker, Sue Barker's bit on the side. Is that what? Does your missus know? Mate. So, uh, I think we're going to have to disagree with that one. Number four. Four. So, uh, who went first last time? Me. You up first, DT, please. Yeah. Uh, bullseye for me, fourth. This is a shambles, Serial, The serial killer at number four. What about you, Stock? League of Their Own, number four. No match! Don't get her. That's a match in here. I'm going to be angry. It's my favourite part of the whole podcast. You're struggling <laughs> the minute, mate, to be fair. You've got three in. It's not looking like me. <laughs> <laughs> League of Their Own yeah. is a really good show. Yeah, I think it's funny. It's run its course now. James Corden doesn't even present anymore, does he? So it's just run its course for me. It shone bright like a flame, and that flame is now out. The reasoning for Bullseye. DT. It's got no fucking taste. That's what uh, well, I just no, I just didn't. It, big break and bullseye, just the bottom two out of that list. Unbelievable. It's a shocking list so far. I haven't won one of these, have I? In, in, in the eyes of the public, I haven't won one of these yet, but I think I'm on for this one. I think the public's going to um, I'll, I'll be honest, you have to have like a monumental <laughs> blow up at this stage. The eyes of the world are on me. Number three on your on your list, please, Senor Stock. See, I'm I'm flying by the the seat of my pants here because I'm just dropping these in when I feel like it. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go number three. They think it's all over. Interesting. Which genuinely, before DT does his, was a brilliant show. It was very very gold. Gold, yeah. Also, also good for a Christmas DVD. Yeah. You were all video. I've got a couple of them. There's, there was only ever Four, five seasons one. of it. How many DC? Five. Oh, beautiful show. Well done, all involved. One of the, one of the few programs that I was allowed to stop up and watch with my old man as a young lad, because, uh, and that's one of the main reasons I absolutely loved it because it was a bit of father son time. Were you allowed to watch Match of the Day? I always remember falling asleep to Match of the Day as a kid. Dad's, Dad's not that arsed about football, so Dad wouldn't no. watch it. I distinctly remember falling asleep to match the day and sort of waking up when West Brom were on or some shit, the last game, nil-nil with Everton or something. I always I always used to fall asleep in the one at night and then wake up at the one that's been replayed one in the on morning. On a side note, the, the year they got rid of match today for the ITV version was a very... Yeah. What a dark few years. Although the theme tune was pretty yeah. good. Match the days. You talking about goats, mate. Match the days, the goat. Prime goat. It's like Cruyff and Messi had a baby and it spat out match of the day. Uh, DT, you're number three, mate, please. League of, their, League of Their Own in at three for me. That's only one place above me, to be fair. That's, that's about right, isn't it? Yeah. It's um, like, I'm, I'm still um, with you. Like, no it's, match. It's got, it has got like the, it's got the, you know, the crux of a very good quiz show. And like I say, it peaked. And then I, I haven't watched the last few seasons because I just kind of felt like it had 
you know, hit hit the high hit the high note and then just dropped off. So to be fair to Sky One, they understood what the nucleus of it was because they keep doing those road trip versions, which is obviously flint off, red nap, and yeah, yeah. No, what's what's the screening called? Jack Whitehall going off and doing funny shit, and that's basically what the show is, isn't it? To be fair. I do enjoy yeah. the little bits where they steal each other's phones and send text messages out to random people, etc. To be fair, Popstar Penalties has got its place. That's a, that's a golden oh, that, That's yeah. up there, isn't it? If you're listening, Corden, you're not. But if you're listening, Corden, well done. Well done. <laughs> well done, you sir. Well done. So, uh, well, this has ruined it because I'm pretty sure it's impossible to have it's a match this week, which has ruined everybody's week. Um, so, number Sorry. two. Yeah, my number two is they think it's all over. Reasoning, Dan? Oh, my reasoning. Uh, well, yeah, just a, a great a great quiz show that actually, out of all of them, was probably a little bit more kind of adult theme. It was a little bit more risque, a little bit more, like you say, you could stay up and watch it with your dad. Um and just, you know, have a bit of father sometime. It just kind of pushed, you know, pushed the edge, uh, pushed over the edge slightly for me. I, I thought it was a great show. Um, but yeah, it, was not, it wasn't the goat. And stocks number two, please. Right, this this is tough. This is really tough now. We're, we're, in, we're into the semis. This is, this is tough. Uh, I'm going... Oh, it's too tough. Right. I'm putting bullseye number two. I'm putting oh, bullseye no. number two purely because it's not my generation. I really only know bullseye because of Peter Kay. And then I've gone back and watched old episodes on Challenge TV. It's it's an 80s show. Um, yeah. Although, to be fair, my other ass family live on a council estate. And if I drive down that road and see a speedboat, I make the same joke every time. Oh, they were on bullseye. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they won! They won Bully Special Prize <laughs> and Bully Special Prize. Send it back, lads. Send, look what you could have won. Send it back. <laughs> what a show! It's just. It's, I mean, I'm born in '87. It's probably. It's probably even finished. Although, to be fair, God rest his soul, Jim Bowen. I mean, he was even great in Peter K. In, in in Phoenix Nights. Sorry, he was even great in Phoenix Nights. Jim Bowen's a legend. Watch me eyes, Susan Love. Watch me eyes. The non-data to go first. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> me fucking eye. Me fucking eye. <laughs> <laughs> but we're just quoting Peter Kay there. That's the, that's the thing. I mean, he made I know, it. yeah. I know, I know. So that's why, unfortunately, for any Bullseye fans, uh, that does come in at number two on Stocksy's Rank It list. Uh, and finally, lads, let's reveal them number ones. The GOAT. Question sport. It's not, is it? Nah. Well, it is. It's not, mate. It's the it porridge is. of TV shows. You just not not porridge the TV. No, no. brilliant. It's porridge. So, Dan, I'm, yeah, it's I'm going to give you one opportunity here to uh, salvage your question of sport, and I want I want to know your dream panel on a question of sport. My dream panel. Yeah, as in six names, as in the two captains. There are two captains with, I'll give you one on either side, please. Because there's a couple that had, like, regular appearances. 
Well, I, th- I think you just go with two captains, don't you? Because that's okay. Uh, two captains, Matt Dawson and Ali McCoist. What of all the sportsmen the available? Authority, yeah? They're the two you're picking. Of all the sportsmen, as cap as captains. It's your dream panel. You can put anyone you want in there, can't you? That's what it means. Yeah. You're yeah. going no, because you, no, no, no. Because if if you pick if you're picking from question sport, oh mate, it? you've got a question of sport problem. You're like addicted to it. I don't, you need to go <laughs> see somebody. You give me your two team captains uh, that you're putting on your the goat of all quiz shows, according to you. Well, I, it's bollocks that you don't agree with me, to be honest. But um, I would always have McCoist and Matt Dawson. Uh, on there, although Dawson and Tufnell are very good, but McCoyce and John Parrott were a- a- actually excellent when they were together. Um, what about Frankie and, yeah. the Tory? What's he done to piss you off? Oh, he's just he's like you and he, very small, <laughs> insignificant. <laughs> yeah, uh, okay. <laughs> well, you, you, I'll be honest with you, mate. He shanked it, he? yeah. Stocks. I'm just it Ian Botham was a captain. Very often he weren't, if he was. I don't uh, really he was on him. it from 1989 to 1996. So it's on it a fair few oh. years, mate. Probably why I don't remember. <laughs> well, granted, yeah. So obviously, in at number one is the true goat. None of this nonsense. But the question of bore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is my tea ready, love? Oh, it is, love. Yeah, I'll just get it out of the oven. We've got lasagna. Just time. perfect, easy watching, mate. No, You're you need a bit of spice shit. in your life, you boring. Yeah. You no, fucking variety. No, you don't. And that no, you don't. big break. Theme tune. Yes. Got it. What a crock of Theme shit. tune. You're destroyed. You're banged. Features. Yeah. Red Hot. Tie break. Virgo's trick shot. Pocket money. We've no, banged. Let's, let's not... Let's not just skip past Virgo's trick shot. Make I'm just making the case, this, mate. I'm just making the case. I'm you don't you are off reaching to the converted. Mate, to the the, the, the I mean, I'm just popping off here. I mean, let's let's break it down then. You've got an, um, a host, which we don't really see anymore, due to other reasons. In his day, awesome. Virgo, dry as you like, brilliant. The straight man to Jim Davidson's funny. And then you've got a whole host of famous snooker players popping on at quarter past six, showing his unbelievable skills. I mean, it's just a, it's just a great show. Just a great, Brilliant. yeah, hands down winner for me. Just I'm gonna hand it gold. over to you, back to you, Stubbsy. Talk to me about Virgo's trick shot. Enlighten DT. Was it he did a trick shot and then the celebrity snooker player tried to copy it? Was that right? Is that right? What I'm right in saying there? No, the contestant to... had a go. No, the contestant That's had it. to it. Yeah, and it's, it's just, just gold. Sydney, they got more money. Yeah, it's just brilliant on every single level, big break. I genuinely couldn't tell you. There's, I just loved it. Absolutely brilliant. Mainly because I loved the theme tune was the main reason. I absolutely loved it. Would you, right, here's a question. If big break was on now, do you think they could recreate it and make it as good? Only if Ronnie O'Sullivan agreed to do it. He's the only man that could fill Virgo's boots. He's in. He's dry, he's funny. I mean, he's unbelievable. So the trick shots would be mind-blowing if he was on it, the old quarter past six slot. Yeah, unbelievable. And then presenting it, presenting it, I'd have Fenners from Soccer AM as the host. He'd be great at Big Break. Cool. Let's get Big Break back on. Kick question of sport off because it's tedious. It's the granny's knickers of a show, innit? Nobody wants to look at that. Yeah, I mean, Soccer AM. Uh, sorry. 
get. They haven't even got a good theme tune. Do this question of thought theme tune. It's rubbish. Do, do the question. I bet you even can't remember it, can you? It's shit. Of course you can. It's Go on then. I'm not. I'm not doing a fuck. I'm not performing monkey, mate. Mate, it's like you just, <laughs> you just don't want to prove it because you know it's shit. Yeah, it's, it's, not, it's not even a It's not, it's not as good like as it used to be. Nobody cares. It's the same thing, isn't it? Well, they changed it. No, it's not. It's always, yeah, it's changed. It's I generally nice thought question of, mark, question of sport had stopped about 20 years ago anyway. Nobody it has. actually cares. No, that's the fact. It's, it's relevant. Well, well, it's still going for a reason. It's boring. Yeah. It's still Past going it, for a reason. It's the same reason well, shit marriages are still together, mate. They just can't be asked to do anything about it. So they just leave it on and they leave the marriage going <laughs> because they're boring. The sexy shit. He should have moved out years ago. He's only staying for the kids. Question of sports only staying because yeah. he's shit. I think we've really offended him, which I'll just fucking. You love. have. You have. Absolute fucking mate, it's, shit. It's like, do you want your football teams just play 4 4 2? Or are you happy to have three at the back? Question of sports. I'm happy with 4 4 2. I'm a centre forward. Loosely. A bulldozer. John Archer's shit. Exactly. Cousin. Doesn't matter what fucking formation we play, to be fair. I'm happy with anything. Yeah. The, the only, right, the only one I'll give you on question of sport, which is genuinely good, the only bit I'll give you is the what happened next. That's brilliant. The only Yeah, that's feature. decent. And the guest, the, the guest, the celebrity, where it like just shows you little clips of him and you had to guess which celebrity it was. I didn't mind At that. At the end of the day, there's a reason it's still going. Yeah, because old people... Change is not well, good. no, because the BBC people... had a little bit of budget left and thought they wanted to do some sporting. It's embarrassing. It's been doing it for a long time. It's obviously successful. No, it's like everything at the BBC. They don't get rid of anything. Mrs Brown's boys on the BBC, for Christ's sake. You're lumping yourself oh, in that. That's just a... No, am I fucked? Get fucked. Change your list. Change your list. Brilliant rank me off, Stubbsy. Congratulations, mate. You've hit another one out of the park. Well done. I enjoyed that, mainly because DT is absolutely rolling right now. <laughs> Raging, isn't he? It's Who knew nonsense. that he and Sue Barker had such an intense relationship? <laughs> I don't know, boys. We've come to the end of another episode. Uh, we'd like to send some thanks to Hell's Ditch, who will close the show out now with their tune. They've got a new single out now called The Scrape, so go and find that. Uh, big love to the group, uh, to the band. Thanks for letting us use your music. We really appreciate it. Uh, this has been another episode. This is episode five of Gone Off on a Tangent. I've been Adam Stocks. He's been Carl Stubbs. Ciao, ciao. He has been question of sport-loving Dan Taylor. Say bye-bye, Dante. I'm going for a cold shower. What's the good old <laughs> love of Sue Barker? See ya. Thanks for listening. This has been gone off on a tangent. Uh, find us on G-O-A-T Angent on Twitter. Uh, we'll speak soon. Bye. Cheers. Cheers.